Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. That might have been my best one yet. It's hard to be better than I've been before, but yet I just did it. <laughs> Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. Mungan S. St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN, YouTube. Get in that YouTube chat today, Jackson. Why don't you interact with the people in the YouTube chat? Hmm, I don't know if that's... The wisest of ideas. Maybe I will then. Yeah, you're you are a man of the people. I'm, I'm the people's champion. I feel like right. Uh, YouTube.com, uh, and uh, you can watch us on uh, on 101 ESPN. There it is, August 30th, 2023. Here we are. Come on in. The water's warm. Let's see what's doing. I uh, I'm bullish on today's show. Ooh, I'm gonna give my reasonings. All right. I feel like. You're going to have one of your biggest bounce-back shows of your young career. Right. Uh, to give some behind-the-scenes a balloon party, and there is going to be a reality show on Bravo uh, that'll that'll debut. I think it's going to debut in uh, mid-September. Uh, the chronicles the comings and goings and goings and comings of balloon party for the Bravo audience uh, called The Real Cute Boys of Creve Core. <laughs> and... Uh, and Jackson, as you'll see in episode three, following yesterday's balloon party, was down on his Lil Piddles Angry Beaver half and half. Maybe more so than I'd seen since the very first edition of Balloon Party, which nearly led to the cancellation of the show an hour in. Yeah, I was despondent yesterday. Candidly, Tim, despondent. What went wrong yesterday? What will go right today? I think the better question for yesterday was what went right. Wow. Because I really don't feel like anything did go right for me personally. Mm -hmm. So when you have something like that happen, you got two options. You can wallow in sadness. You can stare at the abyss. Or option two, and this is the option I chose, you can come back better than ever. You can be resilient. You can be the people's champion. And so I decided for option two. Now... I am not the judge or the jury on whether or not the half and half is working. Mm-hmm. That is up to our fine listenership. But all I know is I can put my best effort out there. And today I felt like I gave my best okay. effort. Okay. I'm anxious because here's the deal. I mean, this is one of the most trying times for you, for Matt Rocchio, for T. Diddy. Yeah. And for Marshy Marsh and his playful posse, his producers, and Good Morning Grant. Yeah. How do we create topics of interest in the winter of discontent that is the malaise of St. Louis sports in 2023, albeit the year the doggies win 
the world championship of MLS? Certainly the MLS Cup. Thank you. And so I'm anxious to see how you bounce back because there isn't an obvious series of six questions to me, but that may make today's program extra special and your performance extra special. So I was sitting in the 101 Sports office in the back of... You and Jamie Rivers. It was Jamie Rivers, it was Andrew Marsh, it was Matt Rocchio, and it was me. And we were all sitting back there, and I was explaining my... Yeah, I was down, and I was telling them, like, this is the time in the sports calendar, especially given the context of St. Louis sports calendar, where producers earn their keep. And right now, I'm starving. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. You know, I didn't earn my keep yesterday. I didn't get to eat last night. I'm hungry. And you know what they say? The hungry dog runs the fastest. So I'm going to earn my keep today. I'm going to get mine. Okay. I've never been more excited about a Little Piddle's Angry Beaver half and half than I am for today's. I guess just give the people a taste. Let's see. Here we go. What's number one? This is this is going to tell you a lot about the half and half right out of the gate. We have talked before about how often we can live in an echo chamber where it feels like our opinions and the opinions of those around us are similar, if not the same. However, I do wonder what you think the larger conversation with the Cardinals is. From a regional, more casual perspective, how do you think the 2023 Cardinals campaign is being discussed? Do you think fans are despondent, much like, much like myself yesterday, or have seen this coming, or more cavalier towards it as a one-off bad season? Also, from a national perspective, do you think the Cardinals' shortcomings are being drowned out by the failures of the two teams, New York and San Diego? Do you think fans across the nation view it as a one-off Wow, bad so season? much there. So much meat on the bone right out of the gate. He went macro. He knows macro is my... My vice. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go question by question, revisit, and then I'll answer by answer. Okay. So I, I, I do wonder what the larger conversation with the Cardinals is from a regional, more casual perspective. Apathy. I, you think apathy? I do. Yeah. I don't think people are really watching. Right. And so, therefore, I don't really think people are caring. I think there was anger early on, and now it's like, eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think some people who may be watching may be pulling against them. Uh, in hopes that either that would lead to a change or a better draft pick or take your pick. But I think for the most part, if we were doing a bell curve, I enjoy bell curves yeah. as well. Timmy bell curves. Timmy bell curves is what they call me. That's actually true. And uh, I think everybody under the bell curve is just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. I can tell you from a young person's perspective. What is the, well, yeah, what is the person, what is the young, the 25 year olds, what are they saying at Wheelhouse? Apathy would be the perfect word to yeah. use because it's just, it's like, they're like, yeah, the Cardinals stink, and it doesn't really affect me one way or another. And I think that indifference is so much worse than anger. Anger shows passion. It shows that when things are great, fans are fired up. Indifference shows that maybe, you know, Cardinals good or bad, it really doesn't affect our lives. And I think that's much scarier But okay, than anger. Let, me, let me take you back a year ago. Because a year ago, you had Pools closing in on 700 home runs. You had a first-place team. They had acquired Quintana. They had acquired... Montgomery, um, what were your peers at Wheelhouse saying this time last year? There was excitement. Okay, people knew what was going right, on. Right. They knew where, the, like the home run counter. They knew so the right. exact number. So exactly right. So that's what I'm saying. I mean that the winning produces interest, and the Albert Pools thing, I think, yeah, produced even more interest at that time. So yeah, so it can bounce back. I just continue to be of the opinion that they are so far from being a championship team that I would have rather them go more the blues route, which is just 
And if you're watching on YouTube, you just got a great watch this. See that explosion I did? I, I pressed down. Right, on the, oh. yeah, the dynamite. Yeah, when was no, the last time the Cardinals did the I honestly don't know. It, it may have, I don't know. I don't even know if they did like these full on rebuilds back. Yeah. And I was, couldn't even have remembered, remembered, certainly before you were alive. Yeah. Free agency is a lot different, certainly before turn of the century. Maybe 95 to an extent. Part of that was because the brewery situation and the DeWitts were buying the team. Mm-hmm. But they fired Joe Torrey. They traded away Todd Zeal. And I know that now that may sound like a joke, but at the time, Todd Zeal was considered like this. You know, he was going to be part of the foundation that was going to lead to the glory of the resurgence, and that didn't happen. So that's as close as I can get to it. This administration, they have not. This ownership group, they have not. Sure. And I think that might be a mistake. Jackson, I, I like the question. That was that was 1A of question one. What's 1B? 1B would be looking at it from a national perspective. Do you think the Cardinals' shortcomings are being drowned out by the failures of the two teams, New York and also San Diego? Do you think fans across the nation view this Cardinal season as a, a dominant blue blood team just having a one-off bad season? Uh, I think most of the people around the country have either no interest or no care, or no awareness. That's as far as the baseball community. Um, I think they're like, let's say, like guys at MLB Network, for example. Right. Uh, they would say, "Wonder what the hell happened there. Wonder what they're going to do about it." They'll be intrigued by that, as I think I said on this show, might have been TMA, when I was uh, traveling, and I guess we've. Uh, I guess this would have been last month, I suppose, when I was with my family on vacation. And whether I was playing golf with people, I remember a caddy who was a big Phillies fan Mm -hmm. um, going, what's it like in St. Louis right now? Like, I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and it's the Mike (laughs) DeBose era. Right. Uh, Because, like, I mean, when's the last time the Cardinals had anything like that? People, I said, the the thing is, people aren't all that... um, surprised in the sense that they're angry because the fans have been angry with this front office for a while despite the fact that the front office is coming off of a of a division championship um you know so this and that probably sounds surprising to people but that's that's those of you who are listening to 101 ESPN you know that there hasn't been a high approval rating for the Cardinals uh, in the front office in particular for a while and any equity Ali Marmol had a lot of that was blown up in game one against the Phillies and it certainly has trended downward since then and uh, is there a, is there a one C or do you kind of include one B and one C together? One B and one C are kind of the same question I was just basically because the baseball community I'm sure is more wrapped up in the Yankees and Mets and what's going on there and the Yankees not punting and the Mets are punting and then whatever the hell's going on in San Diego but I just don't know if the Cardinals are at the even at the top of people's mind in the baseball community when you talk about like teams that haven't done it this year. Uh, yeah, I think I think when it's a list, I think they've been so bad for the entirety of the year. It hasn't been really a collapse. It's just they've been bad. Yeah. So there's nothing really to talk about. Right. The Yankees were were in the mix a month ago, uh, not necessarily to win, but to get into the wild card. They were in the mix. The Padres, you know, have just kind of been where they've been, but they've been in the mix. But people look at that roster, and I look at it economically with the Padres. Like, if, for example, let's let's replace the two rosters. I would 
perhaps, again, my X factor in any of these conversations regarding the Cardinals is, is there a real issue internally with the Cardinals business because of the television situation? For the purpose of the discussion, let's take that out of the equation. I would be more concerned if I were a Cardinals fan and I had the Padres roster Mm. than I would be if I were a Cardinals fan with this current roster. And my reasoning for that, and maybe that sounds counterintuitive, I don't know, because the Padres really did go all in. Steve Cohen can afford losses and strikes me as a guy, perhaps unlike Bill DeWitt, who kind of doesn't care about the losses and is on a mission to bring a world championship back to New York for the first or to Queens for the first time since 86. The Padres don't have that flexibility. And so if you couldn't win with this lineup and then also the pitching staff, right. And you're going, okay, well, Snell's a free agent after this year. And so does a free agent uh, coming up after next year. What in the world do we do? And, that wasn't good enough, that would concern me. In other words, the Cardinals didn't go all in, and so they aren't necessarily stuck with as many potential problems as the Padres would be. At the same time, I don't really know what I see inside the Cardinal organization at the moment that makes me think they're close. I realize they're expecting to have solutions outside the organization. Just think this assumption that you can just go and pick guy. It takes two to tango, and it also takes the Cardinals to outbid. So those are two big factors. If Aaron Nola or Blake Snell doesn't want to pitch here, you can't can't change that. Uh, The Cardinals offered Jason Hayward more money. He didn't want to play here. The Cardinals tried to get uh, John Carlos Stanton. He didn't want to come here. So they could, they could be as aggressive as they want. If they don't want to come here, then that's a, that's not something the Cardinals can control. Uh, more coming. I like where we started. I feel like it's already showing signs. You're striking the ball better today than yesterday. You've moved on from yesterday, and that's fun to see a guy bounce back. Yeah, the Little good. Piddles Angry Beaver half and half. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's experience the best of both worlds. It's time again for Little Piddles Half and Half. Presented by the Angry Beaver. A couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Very active chat in the YouTube chat. Ooh. Yeah, you got to go in there. The people want to talk with you. All right, I'll take a look. Nice. Are you? Well, I have to. Got some things I have to tend to on the old board here. But, wow. Uh, Dishonesty in media. That's what they're going to call this now. It's Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Come on in. The water's warm. Uh, text in here. Comfort service text line. Watch us interact with Jackson. Young people in there. Droid, yeah. Is it Droid FX? Yeah. He says he's a fellow 25-year-old. Apathy has settled in for sure. I was pissed in May and June, but once everyone got traded, we knew what it was. Or that was it. I'm sorry. Droid FX. Yeah. I mean, I, you know Droid, Droid FX? I don't. Would I don't. you like to get to know Droid FX? Sure. Great. Sure. Where I'm would a... you guys go? Would Marsh go? Uh, Angry Beaver. Nice. God, that's so good. Weaving the sponsors seamlessly. 
oh, that's really HD too. Yeah, I know. I'm bringing I'm bringing my talents to the proverbial <laughs> South Beach of HD one. That's right. Uh, Jackson, so far, really a nice bounce back after yesterday's show. I knew you would, though. I, I had no doubt. I'm anxious to see though what direction you go with question two because question two strikes me as not obvious. This is going to be this is going to be telling. Yeah, it's another macro cardinal question. Mm. Mm. Further deep diving into the Cardinals' mm. woes, do you find it to be a real issue as of late that the Cardinals haven't turned out a super solid starting pitcher that they drafted and developed in-house? They came close with Jack Flaherty, but with injuries and a slight fall from grace, he now wears black and orange. Who would be the last pitcher under those parameters who has turned into a legit one or two starting pitcher? Does this give you pause for the young arms they have coming through the system? Ah. <sighs> I'm going to turn this one. I'm going to use phone a friend and all like of my friends in the audience because I am not, nothing is coming to mind. Right, which is a, a concern. But then at the same time, I might be missing an obvious one. I mean, no one on the current roster. Miles Michaelis was acquired. Oh, yeah. Steven Matt's acquired. And he's, a, I mean, we both agree he's, a, he's an ace, but he was acquired. I mean, if you count Lance Lynn, then you have to count Jack Flaherty, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I would count Jack Flaherty, okay. but we've seen how since 2019. How's oh, that I know, going? I understand. I also think, I mean, the reality is I don't know how much that can be the Cardinals' fault. Agreed, I mean, the agreed. guy's got a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the lack of depth to have the conversation on, that can be a trace to the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we got. I'm going into the text inbox. You're in there chatting with people on YouTube. Tiny PP's active, I see. Uh, somebody said Carlos Martinez. That's Nick. Is that Nick Nelson or Nielsen Jackson? Oh, I think I actually do know him. You know Nick Nelson? <laughs> yeah, I do. If that is who, if he's actually portraying himself as saying Nick, I do know. You I like do that? know a Nick Nelson. I like that. It's kind of an old school. Somebody's leaning over the fence in South City and cutting the grass. Right, Say it, Nick. I wouldn't know anything about know, all that. You kind of look down on it too. Right, I noticed I when I said in my that. backyard. Ah, good answer, Alcantara. Right. Yeah, uh, Zach Gallen. Right. But these guys like weren't like they were developed like, by the Cardinals, but then Michael Locke is a good answer. That would be a good answer, but that was ten years ago. Right. Well, that's that's the premise of your question though, unfortunately. Right. And Michael Locke, who is dealing now. Yeah. I mean, like I was selling the Flaherty stock, I was selling the Locke. I mean, I wouldn't even have even Waka would have been brought to me by my Bud Foxes. But I mean, that's unbelievable. Oh yeah. It's and it's great to see. Like I love seeing that at Michael Walker, but like when you look at whether it be Libertor or McGreevy or Tink Hens, like it does give me some concern that they really haven't had an in house ace in a long, long time. It should concern you. It also should concern you what they've done in free agency because that's the road that we're about to go down here in the short term. Right. It feels like you have like two choices. You can develop in house and get guys you drafted to be your studs. You've seen that in Tampa. Tampa's got a lot of guys who they've developed themselves. Or you can be like a Yankees or Mets or Padres that acquires big-name talents in the offseason, but St. Louis kind of isn't well, you, either you, of those. You, but, the, but the thing is, you can't, you can't if you're the Cardinals do that. Right, right. You can't, and by that, and by that I mean do what the Yankees and Mets do because right. you don't have the revenue pool from which to work. Or you can go, well, the Padres did it, and I would tell you the Padres are going to engage 
within the next 18 months in a teardown that would make what the Cubs did look like nothing. Mm-hmm. And I specifically recall it couldn't have been here on, on 101 ESPN, but I know it was on TMA. I remember saying the Cubs, because they were catching all kinds of hell for trading away all those guys from the 2016 World Championship team, they had a teardown. Mm-hmm. And I said, the Cubs are closer to becoming world champions again than the Cardinals because it requires doing things like that. It requires doing what Doug Armstrong did in January and February to get closer. Sometimes you have to take a step or two steps backward to eventually take the step forward to being a champion. And I just think this thing with, hey, we're going to be contenders next year. I don't know. I just don't I don't see it. And again, that's certainly subjective as to what contenders are. Contenders in the central doesn't necessarily mean you're a world championship contender. And on this program, Jackson, what do we look for? Uh real contenders. World championships. Yeah. And that, you know, half dozen to one, six to another. I don't know. I felt like you weren't paying attention. Mm, well, there's a little of that. I can't lie to you. This is honesty in media. It is. My eyes kind of glazed over for a second. Well, well, Our best pitcher in the last 20 years is Adam Wainwright, and he was a product of Atlanta. We need to let others pick them and go get them. That's from Jay Seggs. I would give half credit to Waino because for a year he spent in the minors and then came up and was obviously huge, crucial in the 06 World Series run and then spent like his entire career also the beginning of it in St. Louis. So I'd give half credit to someone like Adam Wainwright, but full credit would be like you drafted them and they came all the way up through the ranks and developed fully into a one or two starting pitcher. And I just don't see that with the Cardinals. Now, I don't see that with a lot of teams. It's not easy to develop you know, world-class talent at pitcher, but for a team like the Cardinals, I feel like that is more important than, say, a team like the Yankees or a team like the Dodgers who can pull from a huge free agency pool based on location The thing and money. is, you look at the Dodgers right now, and I realize most people aren't necessarily doing this. The Dodgers have such depth with young pitching that, yes, you have the Gonsolin injury situation now, back-to-back years of that. The Kershaw pending decision coming off of another great start last night, so he'll have at least one more run mm-hmm. with the Dodgers, but this may be it. I don't know how they'll handle that. Um, but they're, they're, they reload. Yeah, It's like the Nick Saban-Tuscaloosa plan in Southern California. That is why they are able to do what they're able to do is, yeah, they have the dollars, but they also have a ridiculous farm system. So... You know, unlike, say, the Orioles and the Reds right now that have a bunch of young players that are going, as you heard John Angelos say, uh, we're going to have to up ticket price. The Dodgers can't afford to keep them if they would like, but they also have been able to replenish. And that's what I sit there and I look at the Cardinals. The pitching stock was dry. Utilize Goldschmidt. And if it's good enough, Arnato to replenish because you're just not close to being a world champion. And as Jesse Rogers said on the opening drive yesterday, I mean, the Cubs and Cardinals were sitting around the same record at one point this season, not that long ago. And the Cubs are now, what, two or three games back of the Brewers after beating Corbin Burns last night, one nothing. But two years ago, we're getting lambasted for their approach at the trade deadline. That's business, man. You know, you can't do business emotionally. And wanting to... You know, satisfy the the legacy player thing is not the way to rebuild into a world championship contender, and I really think that that has played a role in some of the uh, the missteps 
because they tried to do it with Pujols. I mean, I, you know, there have been a lot of bad signings. There's also been a lot of signings that were going to be even worse that didn't happen. Pujols, David Price, Jason Hayward, John Carlos Stanton trade. Those were all disasters that the Cardinals wanted to do. So keep in mind the messes that are obvious. I don't know what, what's on your Mount Rushmore of them. Dexter Fowler, Mike Leake, Brett Cecil, maybe yeah. Wilson Contreras will be that, Roosevelt be at some point. Yeah. But uh, keep in mind that the Mount Rushmore wouldn't even have existed because you would have gone, oh my God, the Albert Pools contract. You think it's been bad the last 12 years without a world championship. Imagine what the competitive level would have been with him hobbling around at first base with no DH. And then there's Jason Hayward in right field. And there's John Carlos Stanton. And I realize had they gotten Hayward and Pools, they wouldn't have been in the spot to get Stanton. Uh, and, and David Price. Oof. So the judgment of the people who have played a role in getting them to where they are in 2023, those, some of those people are still around and empowered with the ability to use that same judgment to fix 2024. And that's why I'm shorting the world championship contention in 2024 mission. Jackson, uh, it's already 1031. Boy, I like this half and half. I think uh, we've, we've exited now the Cardinal macro question. Where, that, 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 I'm, my interest is peaked. Where yeah. are you going to go here? Are you oh. going to go Missouri's uniform announcement yesterday? Mm, Are you no. going to go? No, don't don't reveal it because oh, you're I getting so you're getting so good at teasing. I, I like the uh, the athletic article on the Blues today. Well, the team's off seasons and the confidence level of fans. Uh, I'm certain you're not aware of that article, but maybe I'll bring it in. Maybe I'll bring it in. Yeah, it's it's, it's the people show. It is the people show. So whatever the people want to hear. And uh, I am. How are you going to? How are you going to get four more questions? Off this dry-as-a-bone sports calendar. Oh, the doggies are in action tonight. Are you going doggies? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out in a matter of moments after this upcoming WNBA update. This is Balloon Party here, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Nolan Toyota, on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. Big bounce back show here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube for uh, Action Jackson. I don't know. I mean, was yesterday's show for Jackson the byproduct of a Las Vegas hangover? Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. And, and the YouTube chat, Jackson, as we were discussing uh, is is super active today. So uh, hop on in and see what's uh, what's doing. What do you attribute your horrible performance to yesterday? Oh man, I, does that does that come off as? <laughs> it's shades of Mike Francesca, Mike Francesca, and Tiki Barba. Have yeah. <laughs> enough. Do we have that drop at our? I can pull it up. Yeah, it's because uh, it is world. Class. I don't want to put you on the. Well, I want to explain why my performance was so bad. I'm gonna- oh, wow. L- ladies and gentlemen, uh, please, I yield my time to the gentleman from Ledoux. Gentleman from Ledoux, the floor is yours. Sure. Yeah, I just, I was, I just wasn't 
my heart wasn't in it yesterday. I felt like wow, I was, uh, wow, wow, wow. like I was going I through the motions. I ever said that. And, you know, sometimes I can get away with that. Other times, and, and I, I can get away with that because of your broadcast excellence. I agree with sometimes that. Sometimes my shortcomings are drowned yeah, out you're by your like success. You're kind of like Bill Weddington on the Bulls. Yeah, I can kind of hide into the background, hang out in the corner, and if, I, you know, Jordan's triple covered, I can knock down a three. But that wasn't the case yesterday, and it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of me, you know. I, every tenth time I go out there with a poor effort, I'm going to get exposed. And I was exposed right, yesterday. Right. Like I said, I looked in the mirror. I said, I'm not going to wall in the sadness. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to make myself better. Well, bounce back stat. It's a metric I track on the PGA Tour. Rory McIlroy is uh, one of the best bounce back stat guys you can find. Uh, uh, birdies after bogey holes. And that's what I think we're witnessing here with little piddles. And it's fun to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamie Rivers walked in and just shook your hand and walked out because he's so proud of you. I mean, if he if he was really you know worth worth his snuff, he would. <laughs> I'm not going to withdraw that statement. Uh, what are we doing over there? I know you're you're typing like a court stenographer. Just trying to find that Francesca drop. Why? While you're working on that, how about question three of this momentous little piddles? Angry Beaver, half and half, the bounce back edition oh, slash remix. Oh, what do we hold on? I think we've got the. I think we've got it. Well, see, Tim, what I have to do is turn off the YouTube chat, or else that will play. Oh, I hate to lose the YouTube chat. And we'll have, uh, you know, one on one inception. Here it is. But Tiki, are you coming back to football because you miss it, or are you coming back to football because you just had a big failure in broadcasting? <laughs> Mike, your your question is leading. And, you know, a lot of people will say that you don't do a good job at what you do because you badger your viewers, your listeners. You badger your interviewers. Tiki, uh, that's ridiculous. Mike, Mike, that's, that, that's, that's subjective. I have a tremendously successful broadcasting career for a quarter of a century. Okay. Hey, he's ripping off my act. I was about to say, isn't that going on your tombstone? Yeah, yeah. stop that. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful question. That's how you conduct an interview. Uh, Jackson, question number three. The bounce back edition of the Little Piddles Angry Beaver half and half. This is a big picture sports business question. Okay, wow. Is this going to carry us to 11 o'clock? I don't Are we know. Are going to bump BK and Ferrario? I'm curious where you're at with this. It's a little long-winded, so just bear with me a okay, little bit. Right. An article I read this morning detailed the amount of money sports leagues are missing out on due to illegal streams yeah, of the event. Yeah, I saw you event. send that link over. What was that? What uh, publication had that? It was Front Office Sports. Front Office Sports. Which okay. is a great site for sports business news. An estimated $28 billion is left on the table due to people illegally... 20? Billion. 28 billion. Now, this is what the leagues are saying. An estimated 28 billion is left on the table due to people illegally streaming games and events. These leagues are looking to pursue legal action to curtail the amount of people watching their valuable product for to free. To the providers or to the customers? Are they, who are they going after illegally? Uh, they, are going, they are trying to change a law that can help have them take down the illegal stream much faster. Got right it. now, there's a lot of red tape to Got taking it. down okay. the illegal stream. Good knowledge. Thank you, sir. You bet. The leagues are looking to pursue... To me, this signals two things. The first is that there is a large appetite for watching sports, and secondly, and more specifically, watching sports in a non-conventional, maybe streaming format. The disconnect seems to be people don't want to pay expensive cable packages or deal with the plethora of streaming services it takes to find a specific game. And this great race for the future of sports broadcasting is the holy grail of it to consolidate the amount of services and make it as easy for folks as possible to watch the game. 
games. Do you think that the element is more crucial than even the price point people pay? Is a one-stop shop for streaming sports even a feasible outcome? Uh, I can handle the last one first. The answer to that is no, that is not realistic. It can never happen for a variety of reasons. Uh, antitrust being one of them, but taking taking that out of the equation, you also asked a question, Is pri- what was the thing about price? Okay, so is the, well, I'll rephrase it a little bit, is the convenience of having everything in one place more crucial than the price point people would pay? Well, this is, you know, this is your first misstep today, but I think it'll probably be your last just because you're, you're hitting the ball so well. It's like a right off the club face. You're just compressing it. But this, this, isn't, this isn't your fault. This is just who you are. When you go to Ledoux, price is a punchline. But when you grow up on Tam Avenue and you're a working class kid who didn't go to Ledoux and instead did his best to get his name on a banner at St. Gabriel's Historic Gymnasium, you know price is everything. And so, yeah, maybe at Horton Watkins, you say, oh, it's it's seventy nine ninety nine for me to watch, you know, this game tonight, the Cardinals and Padres game. What does it matter? Right. My trust fund's liquid. But for the working people who care about education and communities right. and their families, uh, price is always going to be the primary concern. And I get that. And I support those people. And when I say like all in one place, I don't mean like Apple has the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, but some sort of app or something where you could all house it in one place. And instead of clicking on the streaming service, you would click, oh, the Browns and the Chiefs are playing. And then one below that, the Bucks and Cavs are playing. And it would take you to the different services. I think ESPN teased the idea I do of, recall do- that. of doing something like I this. I do recall that. And I feel like that alone, like, it could be more important than acquiring the actual rights is being able to house it all. So you have two different revenue streams for the platforms who provide this content. Uh, one being advertising and one being the transaction for the subscription service. And if I am wrong on that, please feel free to correct me. I think, you're right. I think what the plan was, which wound up backfiring on Bally's heretofore known as Bailey's, uh, for their wonderful work, and boy, has it been a clinic. Uh, <laughs> Mike, is, Mike Schultz still on the post game? <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I haven't looked for a Cardinal post game in yeah, a couple months, a yeah. but like, oh, let me navigate. There's Mike Schultz. <laughs> let me get around that and get it updated. Hit refresh. What an app! But uh, th- I believe they thought they were going to be able to monetize gambling. Sure, I believe that. And with that all said, it obviously didn't happen, and now we've got the issue that we have with that. But with that said, so somebody is going to be, most likely the network, at least here in the near term, selling the advertising on the product, and then you're going to have whatever platform, Amazon, Apple, whomever, Verizon, I think has been talked about, is getting in the mix and then being the provider. So the provider then gets their money from subscription services and the network gets its money 
through the advertising revenue. So how you are able to complement those two pieces, if it can happen, and honestly, it's above my pay grade, if it can happen, uh, I think that is the great solution. I, I really do believe, I'm not just saying this to kick it down the road, I really do believe it is such an issue for sports, and, and not just about the inconvenience of fans, because I think if fans were inconvenienced, I don't think anybody would really care. Right. It's affecting the bottom line of the teams and the leagues, and therefore it is now a, a, an emergency. And that is why it will be tended to. There was a time, and I don't know if it was a time when you were alive, I guess to an extent, actually, when things were so bad for the Rams here, where games would be blacked out. But when I was growing up, and I mean, I'm super young, and they weren't any good, minus 1984, Neil O'Donohue missed a field goal against the Washington team that played there at the time that won the division. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like that was appropriate that the football Cardinals were never on if they were at home. Really? No, oh, it was never on. It was so like weird. something weird would have to happen because the blackout rules. Got so it. that was the way that it worked. And now the NFL is about as accessible as it gets. Especially this year. With what? The YouTube NFL, TV? NFL Plus. Yeah. yeah. So now, now you have that. And I think that's the direction they'll go. I mean, you know, college football fans, Missouri fans in particular. It's an interview. It's probably the closest I ever came to doing a real sports story with the Big 12 TV contract. Mm-hmm. Not only was Missouri not on television, the way the Big 12 TV contract was set up, this is two decades ago, and Gary Pinkle, to his credit, was on the record with me in a question that it was at the end of a one-on-one interview in Columbia that I would always do at the start of the season. And it was really just about me being pissed that I couldn't watch games on television. I said, what do you think about this Big 12 TV contract? And he went out of his way to go after it. It led to me interviewing the commissioner of the Big 12 at the time. And then Mike Alden, who was the athletic director, the issue with the Big 12 TV contract wasn't just the lack of ability for teams to be on television. And most of the time they were not, unless you were in Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma, You also, let's say that the contract was worth $100 million just for the sake of the conversation for round numbers. $50 million would be distributed among the 12 teams, so foreign change. But the other $50 million was a pay per appearance. So guess who was getting the money? The rich. And so that was an issue. That was a monster issue. You're not getting the exposure, which obviously hurts you with recruits, Mm -hmm. and then you're not getting the revenue. So now, even when Missouri's taking on South Dakota or Middle Tennessee State, or is it Middle Tennessee now? Hell, I don't know. State still. Okay. Well, it's fun. It is. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, you know, they're going to be on television, but much less that you weren't even receiving the money. So I think we're kind of at that point, like we'll look back on 2023 and maybe even 2025, like two years from now and go, can you believe that that's the way that it was? Right. But it took it getting this bad for it to get to the solution that we will have. I just don't know what that solution is. It is uh, 1049 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. We'll come back with the final segment on what has been really a magical performance. I'd like a little 30 for 30 on Jackson Burkett today, August 30th, 2023. I think this inspires young people listening. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment. Bounce back show. Little piddles. <laughs> bounce, bounce. Oh, I like that. Not bad, right? I can't wait to hear what you have for question four. All right. I'm going to move into... Uh, I mean, the first three have been so strong. 
I'm going to save my Missouri Tiger question for tomorrow, as tomorrow they kick off the season against South Dakota. Go Tigers. Yeah. Beat Coyotes. Yes, yes. Uh, but I have a question that kind of pertains to not only Missouri, but college football and the NFL in the early part of the season. We love to wager on this program, and I was having a conversation with a gentleman in Las Vegas who won the Circa Millions contest last year. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. really interested to hear this anecdote. I asked him how he gambles on the early weeks of college football and, to a lesser extent, the NFL. And he said it's really tough because, especially in college football, there's so many question marks, yeah. especially with the the robust transfer portal. He said the NFL, it's better. He said unders usually early in the NFL season are good plays, but those can be a little square too. So just keep an eye out. Um, but he kind of just said, I kind of just guess. You know, I kind of won the million. Yeah, that's God that's awesome. It's actually more of a promo for Circa yeah. Millions. Sign up. You don't have to be a pro gambler. But I was wondering how you go about maybe some strategies that you have when gambling early, specifically on college football, but the NFL too, when there's not as much information as say October or November. Okay. Uh, the honest answer is guess, uh, which is essentially everything. Uh, but I really do firmly believe in the fate of the public. I know you also subscribe to that. If there is a game that everyone is on, Last year, I believe an example was the Chiefs and Colts. That was actually, I heard a story about the Circus Survivor Pool about how many people got out in that Chiefs-Colts game. Oh, is that right? And when how they were ruined, knocked out. Who were, yeah, who were, whose days were ruined by that outcome. Yes. And I remember being all over the Colts. Yeah. Not because I'm like, I think this is the Colts' time. Yeah. But because the number was so strangely low yeah. that everybody and their brother, I'm sure some of you listening right now bet on the Chiefs, uh, and when that happens, it to- it used to be like God. This feels really uncomfortable to make the bet. Now it's it couldn't be more comfortable. It's just it's that's how I do it. Right. I don't know if you're going to have that in week one of the NFL unless like the Chiefs were favored by just a few points against the Lions. It's a week from tomorrow, spl- it's pretty split on volume. And oh, volume. you're already looking at it. Oh yeah. Nice. I've been I've been missing. What's it, the name baby. of that site? Scores and odds. Scores. No, oh, scores and odds. No, there's a different. Oh, one. That's uh, one Action Network. For. Yeah, Action Network. Yeah. Major um, recommendation for that, actually. And for college, something that we talk about often is returning starters. Yes, big t- in the early weeks. That's a nice play. That's why. That's why I'm high on Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 18. listen, I went to school there and all that, but you know, it's like uh, there's a portion of the Missouri fan base that kind of has the same thing with going like Missouri fan in name only. Like you've got to be like really, yeah, you know, you got to have like an altar to drink wits. True, true son. Yeah, like a true, true son. I just went to school there and like them, but that isn't good enough. <laughs> nope, sorry. And so like, I'll be critical at times, and it's like, oh, he hates Missouri. And I'm like, I really like them, and I, all I want to see is Missouri win a national championship. But yeah, I guess tell me that I'm not a fan. That's fine. I'm not your kind of fan. Uh, yes, the returning starter factor. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah that, is, that might be the most valuable piece of information this show has ever given. And this is a show that's given a lot of valuable information over its last 20 months. Not only looking at teams that have a lot of returning starters, but targeting teams that have very few couldn't agree more virginia was our darling last so, year so yeah it was virginia i think it was virginia it was our actually. little darling last year our little darling cavaliers yeah because they yeah, we got to find that yeah i don't know what the number is on missouri do you know do you have a number on missouri south it's Dakota? not out yet it's not out yet Mm-mm. what the hell are they waiting for it's really confusing they're gonna drop it at like an hour before kickoff like a fantasy football draft order um i have a play but here's the thing i'm so i'm i'm really I was typing in the bet in bed next to my wife. It's like 
you know, oysters and weed. It's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> no doubt. And your husband's next to you typing in bets. Uh, but uh, she goes, oh, God. And obviously, it's so hot. So hot. Oh, she was so into it. And I go, oh, this guy told me about this, and he's friends with this guy, and this is... She goes, okay. It's like, <laughs> right. it's like when I go, well, I miss this part here, but then it's like, okay. So uh, I will let you know. I honestly, I'm so... You're bullish? So, well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm leveraged. Okay. My family's future hen, hinges on this game, so you will be able to vouch for it. Okay. Maybe I'll even tell Mike Ryder on the off chance that the people don't trust our little operate, our little one-hour yeah. one vagabond ship on ESPN <laughs> that poisons the waters of the sanctity of St. Louis sports. Yeah. So Ryder, he's the executive producer. I'll give in, and maybe he can use it as a hot tip. You know, he's like our Bud Fox and Gordon Gecko. Yeah. But I don't want to say it on the off chance that it plays a role and I lose some yeah, points. I don't blame you. I mean, the bet's already in. But I truly don't trust. I really don't. I'm de- You know I don't. Yeah. I mean, why do I sit here and go, yeah, if the public's all on this team and then magically like 75% of the time the other team wins, I can't help but think that something could be weird. Yeah. So I don't want to say anything about it. Fair enough. But that is your thing on the returning starters and then teams who have a bunch of new players, you are 100% right on that. That's a great observation because that one can apply to a bunch of teams who are not calling out a game and then all of a sudden, magically, it doesn't work out. That's a nice play. I guess we got to go. You're right. I mean, I could have gone, you know, but hey, we got to go. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Fraction Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Muggin' St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.